Welcome to Quid Pros Quo. I'm Rin. And I'm Zach. And today we are talking about econ for writers. Oh, I'm so excited. I know, you've been trying to do this episode for a long time, and I kept saying, not yet. <laughs> but yes, it's finally come. I, I, I help teach um, American economics as part of my day job, so... This is something that I find really interesting and I like talking about, and I'm excited to talk about it in the context of writing. And so this is a departure from our Writing Fundamentals series. If we end up talking more about this, we'll spin it out into a broader series of econ for writers. Um, but the purpose of this episode, the, the, the thing that we, want to, that we want to cover and hit in this episode is how to make money as a writer from a broad like top level view of what's going on the theory behind it so that you understand why things are the way that they are so if you want to make money from writing this episode is for you is for you excellent let's talk about some some vocabulary first so first a producer you the producer is the person who makes the good you as an author are the producer yeah the consumer is the person who buys the good. Your readers are consumers. Yep. And market is the space where pro- producers and con- I can't talk. The market is the space where producers and consumers meet and tra- and perform transactions. So yeah, a market is where your readers are going to come and buy your book. Um, when we're talking about econ, producers, consumers, and markets are the bread and butter. We're going to be talking about them. We're going to use that terminology all throughout. So just remember, the producer is the author, the consumer is the reader, the market is where you buy and sell books. So one of the things that we learn from economics is that people buy the things that they buy because they want to add value to their own lives. Um, That value does not need to be real. Um, there is a real tangible benefit to buying lunch, right? Yes. It is something that feeds you. Um, there is a real intangible value to buying a computer. It facilitates lots of things inside of the modern life. Meanwhile, there are other things that have more perceived value. And there are lots of things that have real value and perceived value with them. Um, if you have followed any of the drama around um, non-fungible tokens or NFTs, prime example of perceived value, right? Mm-hmm. There is nothing intrinsically valuable about a picture of a monkey wearing a gold chain. Like, it's not intrinsically valuable. But there is a perceived value of that in that, uh, in that NFT. And the same goes for artwork, Right. The value that in that an author or a producer provides inside of this market is generally entertainment value, um, but it can also be literary value and moral value. When we think about the role of storytelling and storytellers throughout history, one of the big things that we use stories for is to teach children and reinforce to adults what the values of the society are. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, you were talking about real versus perceived value, and it's important. It made me think of the phrase, beauty is in the eye of the beholder. Yep. Value is in the eye of the beholder. So, mm-hmm. like, personally, I don't see any value in NFTs. I can't believe people pay money, pay money to get, like, a picture of a monkey in a gold chain. And not just some but, money, but a lot of money. Like, lots and lots of money. And I, I don't get it. You could just screenshot it. <laughs> 
know how that works. I'm not the econ person here, but I'm pretty sure you can just think <laughs> Yeah. So anyways, because people buy things to add value, producers should pr- produce things to add value to the consumers. Yeah, and so you should be thinking about, first of all, think about who your consumers are and then think about what values they are looking for. So if you are writing in if you are writing to provide literary value, so you're trying to write the next great American novel, you're writing in the style of J.D. Salinger or Hemingway or uh, Sylvia Plath, like who, like if you're trying to do like literary nonsense, please don't be offended. Um, then you are looking for you are providing literary value, and you want to find consumers who care about literary value. If you are writing a popcorn novel. Um, where it's just meant to be something that's fun and easy to read through, then the people that you are looking to sell this to are going to be different. So you want to match the value that you are providing in your writing to the people who value it. This goes to what Rin was mentioning earlier about how different people have different perceptions of value. For people who love popcorn novels or who love smutty romance, they are not going to approach a, you know, a work of, quote, great American literature, end quote, as being valuable. They will think it's boring, and they will think that it's not spicy enough. Um, whereas a, you know, a literary critic who, you know, is, who decides that who gets the Nobel Prize in literature is going to look at this smutty romance book and be like, there's no theme, or the themes are weak or uninteresting. They're, they are not going to find value inside of that. Yeah, absolutely. This is totally a tangent, and I might cut it out, but, like, apparently people are saying John Green's looking for Alaska as pornography, and I'm like, I, I actually remember looking for Alaska, but he did a, a reel on Instagram I did see it, that, yep. And he was like, if, can we agree that if it is pornography, it's just really bad pornography because <laughs> it's about grief and, like, the undying love of friendship or whatever? So... Know your Prime audience. example. Yep. Know your audience. Yes, that is what knowing your audience is about, is knowing what value you provide and what value other people are looking for. And when you match those, that's where you make money. Yes, absolutely. Um, so as going right along with that, successful authors provide value to their reading readers. So honing your craft is about getting better at providing value to your readers so yes it is important to become a good writer so you can provide better value to your readers this doesn't always stand in some indie markets like the fairy tale smut market like it's really big with like indie publishing and Mm -hmm. they are just a lot of times and this is no shade to them like using you booze but (laughs) can you tell zach and i are not the (laughs) first fairy tale smut (laughs) What? What would give you that impression? Uh, But anyways, fairy tale small authors are, like, turning out those stories as fast as they can just to, like, satisfy the demands. And this goes into, like, supply and demand, which you could talk so much more about than me. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, again, no shade to, like... Any fairy tale smart writers, like I respect what you do. It is just not for me. Yeah, exactly. We are not the we are not the we are not the target audience. Yes, right. This is economics and practice right here. Yes. So, and that actually goes to something important about writing and honing your craft is that when you are honing your craft for your market, 
the rules that you follow may be different. So here's an example. Um, George Lucas writes dialogue that is meant to be a sound effect. This is not an original thought. Stole it from YouTube somewhere. Um, but if you like listen to the dialogue throughout most of the Star Wars movies, not all of them, but most of them, it's just noise. I was actually noticing this when I was watching um, the Rebels TV show with my wife last night, where it's just like, wow, this is just really terrible dialogue. That's just like, it's just noise. Um, but it's meant, like, that's what it's meant to do, is it's meant to provide the same effect as the, you know, like the laser guns and the screech of the TIE fighter. Like, it's part of the sound design. It's not a part of the writing. Of the writing. So... If you are, if that is the genre, or if that is one of the genre conventions that you were writing for, you don't, you don't care. Like you don't care about what makes good writing. Now, if you're writing for Andor, where dialogue is very important and very refined, mm -hmm. then you need to care. Prime example of like when you're talking about um, a popcorn novel, whether it's smut or whether it's pulp. Um, there are certain conventions that you can get away with. Like, you don't need to worry about cliche as much because part of, you know, part of smut and part of um, uh, pulp is that people want to see the same tropes over and over and over again. They love those tropes and they want to see them over and over again. So your job is to just provide those tropes with new set dressing. Yes. Um, yeah, so that goes to honing your craft to provide value for your readers. When we talk about marketing, marketing is all about telling readers about the value of your work so that they buy it. That's the purpose of marketing. Yeah, and we will have an episode coming up. I know we've been promising it for like the last three episodes, but how to write a pitch? Yes. Like, we have that coming. I think he promised <laughs> it will come. Yes. In all due time. Um, I guess one question that you as listeners may be having is like, okay, Rin and Zach, but how do I know how valuable my work is? Good question. There are lots of good ways to, there are lots of, of ways to judge that. First and foremost, you have to recognize that markets do not and cannot assess moral value very well. Um, prime example of this again I'm stealing from a book called The Tyranny of Merit by Michael Sandel which I just read this past week um, where he talks about how if markets were really good at judging moral worth then our markets would say that being a casino mogul is more morally worthwhile than being a pediatrician most people would agree that is not um, and so that's one of the things to keep in mind is that the monetary value of your of your story doesn't necessarily reflect its literary value or its moral value, but it does reflect the value to the market. The way to figure that out is through your beta readers. If your beta readers are finding value inside of your story, then it's a good indication that there is broader market value there. Now, this goes to if your beta readers are like, your mom, your best friend, your spouse, your significant other. That's a little bit different. And it means that the value or the value that people find inside of it is maybe tied to your relationship. And there's nothing wrong with that. But if we're talking about making money, 
the market needs to find value in what you're writing. Yes, absolutely. Uh, when you and we've done an episode on beta readers, I would just say real quick, like if you find beta readers who are maybe not quite so partial to you, or at least not partial to the work you're reading, like with which my latest novel, Witch's Blood, is not my dad's type of novel. He does not read YA lesbian witches and fairy ones girls. Like he just doesn't. Um, but he and he was like, "Well, I'll read it because like you're my kid," but like. Not my cup of tea. Not my cup of tea. And then he actually really liked it. Which I was there. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, he's like, I never thought I would have picked it up in the first place, and now I'm kind of wanting a second book. And I'm like, <sighs> love to hear it. That's I love awesome. To hear it. Yeah, it's not exciting. And I was like, this is the most resounding endorsement I can get. My dad liked my lesbian YA novel. <gasps> that is um, really cool. Yeah. Anyways, that's all I've got for this introductory episode for econ for writers. Let us know if you want more econ for writers in the comments on Substack. I think I can put like a Spotify Q&A up now. Yeah, or you can email us, reach out to us on Instagram at quid pros quo podcast. Um, whatever. If yeah. you're interested, let us know. We'll do more. Yes, we would love to do more for you. Thank you so much for tuning in. This has been Quid Pros Quo. Quid Pros Quo is hosted by DC Winters and CK Jensen. If you like this episode, be sure to leave us a rating. And if you'd like to contact us, you can email us at quidprosquo at gmail.com. For more episodes, check us out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever else you get your podcasts.